to episode 2 of the All Things Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ernie, and unfortunately, Brock Lesnar stole my knock-knock joke. That was a good segue, you gotta admit it. Um, especially after what I'm about to uh, talk about today. Um, Monday Night Raw caught it. He caught the opening act between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. It was somewhat hilarious, I guess. I have not watched a single episode of Monday Night Raw live just sit there and wait for commercials no I can't do that unfortunately um I used to but now I'm just like no I gotta like fast forward it I, I can't sit through commercials so I usually leave them on my DVR just let it record and like I figure go through a list and watch everything else but raw and then I'm like thinking to myself maybe I'll watch it the next week before the other show comes on, before Raw. No, the next week comes up. Still there. Still. Yeah, last episode watched. No, not gonna watch it. Next episode, not not gonna watch it either. So I delete them both. What I do end up watching is NXT. Obviously, well, I used to. Um, right up until October, I used to watch NXT all the time. Every Tuesday just sit there and watch it all the time. Now it's just like a uh, horrible storyline. I've seen it before. Why? Why is it happening again? So the reason I don't watch Raw anymore, I don't know. It's, uh, it doesn't catch my attention anymore. It's just, it's bland. Every, I, you, you like it, you like it. I don't, I stop caring. I don't really care anymore. I don't really watch it anymore. But since this is an all things wrestling podcast I figure hey let me go back to watching these uh, shows and see what's going on what have I missed all this time and boy was I in a what what's going on what's what's happening so if you missed it Monday Night Raw here's the gist of it probably an hour gist of it uh let's let's move along let's go through it um, the show opens up with Brock Lesnar coming out to the ring with the camera, showing Bobby Lashley in the back, watching the monitor of Brock Lesnar entering the ring. So it's like, he's back there, but he's about to come out. So he's watching him come out to the ring. I uh, okay, sure. That was weird to me. Um, with Brock Lesnar is special counsel of Roman Reigns, well, formerly special counsel of Roman Reigns, who is now the advocate of the reigning, defending, beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman is standing next to him, as always, and watching the Titan Tron as they're watching Bobby Lashley, watching Brock Lesnar. What? So, during the whole Bobby Lashley watching Brock Lesnar, Sheldon Benjamin and Zander Alexander show up and they're all like, hey, what's going on, brother? You know, we're here for business. What's up? Or are we going to get this show on the road? Let's get through it. And Bobby tells him, it's like, I already told you, we're not team anymore. This is done. We're done. We're no longer the hurt business. I disbanded. Well, okay. I think you guys disbanded like a long time ago. Probably last year. I might have missed them coming back together again? I don't know. Um, if so, then 
how this this team come along again, come about. So my favorite part about Brock Lesnar now is that he is, has a smile on his face. He's smiling, he's talking on the microphone, he's doing some very comedic skits, basically. It's hilarious. It's just so cringy, but hilarious. Just watching him do all kinds of new... He's humbling his face, his humble face Brock. He's on the microphone and he's like telling people last week, acknowledge me, just like Roman Reigns does. It's, it's funny, basically, well, mostly it's hilarious dad joke stuff. But he's trying to tell the WWE Universe that he's the new WWE Champion and, you know, acknowledge him and stuff. Here comes Bobby Lashley to break up the party. Walks out, gets in the ring, grabs a mic, and he just respectfully, 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 okay, tells Brock it's an honor to share the ring, and with all due respect, it's a not even a privilege, but it's just an honor to just be side by side with the Beast Incarnate, the Almighty with the Beast Incarnate, in the same ring, respectfully. And then Bobby hits him with the, with all the respect, Brock. You have been ducking me for 20 plus years, sir. With all due respect. With all due respect is just being used a lot. Um, Brock just looks at him like, with all due respect, Bobby Lashley, I don't know who the hell you are. It's freaking hilarious. Like, who are you, dude? Why are you walking out here telling me that I've been ducking you when you haven't even, like, come up? So Brock tells him, like, where were you when I needed competition? Where were you when I was uh, holding these belts? Where were you when I was holding it down? You weren't coming up in the ladder? No. So Brock tells him, like, hey, you, got, you two are dressed up all fancy and stuff. I like what you're, the suits you're wearing, you know, trying to make both of them laugh. And Bobby's all, he's a comedian, this guy. Yeah, I can't wait for you to go on the road and for you to be... Um, stand-up comedy while I'm holding that belt in front row. Yeah, all that stuff. So Brock is all like, here, I have a joke for you. And he's all like, hey, Paul. Knock, knock. And Paul Heyman's all like, aghast. Like, what is this guy doing? He's all like, I saw this thing at all. Brock Lesnar doing a knock-knock joke in Philadelphia. Wow. So Brock does the joke. Knock-knock. Who's there? Bobby. Bobby who? Brock's all like, exactly, and he starts laughing and all this stuff, yeah, and the crowd it loves it, they are cheering for it, they are popping for it, it's hilarious, it's cringy, it's a dad joke, but it's hilarious, which, yeah, I get it, like, he was holding it down, Brock was just, like, taking on all comers, Goldberg, all them freaking people, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and meanwhile, where was Lashley? probably out on impact doing some stuff don't even know don't even care but Brock tells him like you're just a Brock Lesnar wannabe man like if you ever want to come up just come up and ask me what's up we'll do this and he just left Bobby Lashley like the almighty Ooh, he just left him like stunned man couldn't even talk after that just whatever dude so Brock is out of the ring goes to the back and no, it's not over from there. Apparently, 
um, Sheldon Benderman and Cedric um, Alexander, Cedric Alexander. It's like the Hurt Business, well, formerly the Hurt Business, like those two tag team on Bobby Lashley, but Bobby Lashley just gets back up, knocks him out, get him, throw him to freaking tables, throw him to the guardrails, throw him on the floor and everything. They can't even get the job done, man. What, what's going on there? Truthfully, you could have just ended it there. You didn't need to, like, shovel down Cedric or Sheldon down our throats and have them try to fight um, Bobby Lashley to no avail. That was just completely uncalled for. It, it wasn't really necessary. We know Bobby could handle it, but it wasn't really necessary. They were just... They, they weren't really necessary at all. Come on. Show goes to commercial break, comes back, and they're showing um, Instagram pics, pics of Chad Gable and Otis from the Alpha Academy working out, training, you know, um, trying to avoid the RKO. They're in a little hashtag, Team No Next. Um, see if we can get us in the, in the RKO when we don't have any necks, when we're training for our necks. And you can see Chad trying to push down on Otis' neck, can't. Otis trying to push down on Chad's neck, can't, because they have no necks. This make it seem like they're necklace. So, last time I saw these two, Chad, Gable, and Otis, they had their own tag team. They were partners with, um, Chad Gable was partnered with Jason Jordan. Uh, Team Alpha, which was a very awesome tag team, and which reminded me so much of Charlie Haas and Sheldon Benjamin, because they were um, American Alphas, I believe. They they were doing like the wrestling moves, the real legit wrestling moves, and then Jason Jordan got hit with the Kurt Angle's Your Father storyline, which. He's never going to live it down. Jason Jordan will never live that down, too. Because um, everybody's going to mention it on their Instagrams or anything, for that matter. Any social media. Um, Jason Jordan will forever be known as the guy that was involved in a horrible storyline. Unfortunately, he got injured and decided to retire at a young career age. Um, the next one is... Otis, who was partners with Tucker Knight, and he got released during last year pandemic. Yeah, uh, budget cuts, remember? So you basically had to get rid of the Marginettis in order for the Shawn Michaels to um, join each other up and come the Alpha Academy. Yes, I did call Jason Jordan and Tucker Knight the Marginettis because ever since then, ever since that whole Shawn Michaels super kicking Margin Eddie and throwing him through the barbershop window. Every tag team has not been the same again. Look at all the tag teams that have followed since then. You can tell one of them's a Margin Eddie and the other one's going to be a star. And this is why Vince doesn't like tag teams. Because he believes that one of them will eventually be a star and the other one is just a Margin Eddie. Just got to weed out which one it is. Look at me talking like I know what the deal is. Yeah, so Alpha 
Academy versus RK Bro last week. Um, they defeated RK Bro, but that was non tag non tag team title match, tag team championship. Is that what the calling it? So this week's is for the tag team championships, and Randy wrote a special request in on Riddle's hand that if anything were to happen to him, just tag Randy in. And of course, Mr. High on Life, Riddle, Matt Riddle, is all like, yeah, man, I'll do whatever you say, bro. Alright, cool. So, the Alphas dominated the entire match. And you could just tell it was just a setup from the start. Um, Chad Gable and Otis did their homework on this. Riddle got getting beat up the entire match up until the hot tag when he finally tags in Randy and Randy's all like, alright, my turn. Gets the pop, everybody's on their feet, everybody's freaking waiting for the RKO, RKO 1, RKO 2, nope. Otis happened. A big freight train named Otis. Body slammed Randy and went about a body slam. Like, I get it. Otis, big guy, but I've seen Randy Orton just take a lot of more punishment than that. A lot more slams than that. Get slammed through tables and come back. Big Otis just slams him. Now let's say Mark Henry is bigger than Otis. So Otis body slammed Randy Orton for the cover. One, two, three. They went. They're the new tag team champion. Well, the new Raw tag team champion. Over on SmackDown, we got the Usos with the tag team belts. Show doesn't even go to the commercial. Now they're doing it where the commercial shows up once the wrestlers are in the ring and waiting for their opponents to come out. So it's like, I gotta know from people that are going to the show, is it like an awkward, what, commercials are like two, three minutes of just waiting in the ring, or what do they say, what do they do? You gotta let me know. So before they go to commercial, um, you see Damien Priest with the United States Championship um, doing a segment and uh, telling everybody, like, this is my dream, um, and that he will be the first one to say that he's entering the Royal Rumble and he will beat out 29 other superstars and go straight to Wrestlemania to face the WWE Champion or WWE Universal Champion, whichever comes first. Now, as far as the women's is concerned, y'all heard um, episode one. I mentioned who was going to be in the women's version of the Royal Rumble. So far, 19 women have been announced since. Um, they are as follows. Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, Brie and Nikki Bella, Shotzi from NXT. She's the one with the green hair and comes out with the tank. Natalia Hart, Nightheart, Michelle McCool. Awesome, she's coming back. Undertaker's uh, wife. Uh, the 24-7 champion, Dana Brooke, which... I was surprised because I didn't know there was a 24-7 champion. Um, well, I didn't know about the championship, but I didn't know there a woman is holding a man's belt now, which now, I guess, is both genders, which I'm cool with. Yeah. So Dana Brooke, more power to you, girl. 
Carmella, Queen Zelina, uh, Tamina, Kelly Kelly, who's coming back also, Aaliyah, um, she's the girl from NXT also, Summer Rae, who's making a comeback also, Naomi, Shayna Baszler, Lita, and currently TNA Impact Wrestling's, um, what do they call them over there? A women's champion, a knockouts champion, I'm sorry. Currently TNA Impact Wrestling's knockouts champion, Mickey James, who is ready, who just made a statement on Twitter saying that she's ready to go. She just beat out Deanna Perrazzo in TNA's pay-per-view special on Saturday, I believe it was. So yeah, um, the Forbidden Door is opening for the women's right there and then. Mickey James announced it's it's over. Um, somebody did mention she's the TNA Impact Women's Knockouts Champion. So I'm guessing they're going to be mentioning a lot of that soon. Um, I did say Lita and of course the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte who wants to jump, go in there and defend her championship. I don't think it's defending, but it's more like showing, going in there, proving that she can win the Rumble and choosing her opponent for WrestleMania, which, eh, they did it already with Roman Reigns, but that's cool, I guess. Okay, so now, what does that mean about the men's Royal Rumble? Are we getting the Forbidden Door open for the men also, or is this exclusively for the women? Are we getting anybody from Impact? Are we getting anybody from all these other companies? A Ring of Honor who just decided, hey, we're gonna open our doors back in April. Um, what about AEW? Could anybody from AEW show up? Okay, let me rephrase that. Can anybody from AEW besides CM Punk show up at the Royal Rumble? Um, I do understand that I've seen a lot of um, promo videos from Impact, especially one from Moose, the Impact Heavyweight heavyweight Impact World Champion from that brand, saying that he would love to face um, Roman Reigns, you know, come in there with his championship belt and look at the Tribal Chief straight up face and face him at Royal Rumble or face him at WrestleMania. But who else can we get to go through the Forbidden Door? Maybe somebody from All Japan or New Japan Pro Wrestling. Or, you know, maybe not. Next match was just a sleeper. I was just really bored with it. I have nothing to say. Um, Damian Priest just coming out with his United States title with the Street Profits. Um, teaming up to face the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode and Apollo Crews. Um, this, yeah, I really don't care about this match. I was just, like I said, I haven't watched wrestling in quite a while. I haven't seen any of this in quite a while. So I was ready to hit that remote for it fast forward. Fast forward to the entire thing. And I saw Dolph Ziggler hit the zigzag on Dawkins. Win. That's it. We're done. I don't really care about the Street Profits or Damian Priest. But it's just, you know, so... It was just so boring to me. I understand you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, cool. I don't really enjoy it. So the second hour opens up with Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, I guess that's what we're calling 
Seth, no, freaking. I did mention that earlier, but I thought it was just, you know, well, fake news or some shit. But no, apparently we are calling him Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, comes out to announce that at the Royal Rumble, he will be facing Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. It's probably the the reason why he was on Friday Night SmackDown. Just walked into Roman Reigns' locker room and looked at him and laughed and so obnoxious. How dare you interrupt the tribal chief? You should just acknowledge him first and then laugh. But no, he just straight up walked inside, laughed in his face, and just... Eh. It is just, he's so annoying. Yeah, he's over, he, but he's so annoying. Um, comes out, Seth grabs a mic. He says that he's gonna be in the Rumble. In the, not in the Rumble, but at the World Rumble, he's gonna be facing Roman Reigns. And then he uh, comes out with something like a few things in life that are certain death, taxes. And I for sure, for sure thought he was going to say bananas, but I guess I was wrong. But he does say death, taxes, and whatever the hell he wants to do. So there's that. There's my little inside joke to the challenge. He gets interrupted by Big E, former WWE champion. Big E comes out, walks the ring, grabs the mic, confirms he has entered the Royal Rumble. So now there's two people already confirmed we do we really need confirmation at this point those confirmations are old now just show up don't even tell us surprise us surprise me don't even tell me who enters the forbidden door and don't even tell us it's announced just tell just show up do it make it a surprise make it a surprise like they did back when AJ Styles did it that was a surprise so he challenges Seth to a match at that moment, right now, right here tonight, right here, there and there. Um, they say, let's go. They go at it. Uh, ref comes out to the ring. Uh, lots of freaking huge moves between both of them. A big splash on Seth on the hardest part of the ring, which, man, it... It was a great move, but I just felt it on Seth's part, just like, oh, that's going to hurt him real bad in the morning. Um, match lasts at least uh, more than just 15 minutes. Uh, it goes into two commercial breaks. Uh, ending on the match, saw Biggie trying to do a big ending, his little power slam, uh, flapjack pancake move. But Seth counters. Seth tries to go for a pedigree, but Biggie counters. Um, confusing each other at the process. Biggie tries to do another move, but Seth counters, kicks him in the gut, backs away a little bit, curb stomp. That just felt so uh, repetitive. I swear I've seen that somewhere. So, curb stomp, Biggie goes down. Seth Rollins for the pin, one, two, three, and it's over. It's over with, uh, they both go to the back, all that stuff, commercial break. Come back, and it's Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash in a ring for a segment, another segment. 
second hour really is uh, a ratings grabber, right? Yeah, that's great. These two have been really um, messing up lately. They've been losing matches. They lost their tag belts. So what they need to do? Let's go to the ring and air our dirty laundry for everybody to see. And you know, maybe somebody will give us some advice. So they both go to the ring, um, just banter each other about how they can't keep it together. Basically reminds me so much of another tag team that bantered a lot and they can't keep it together. And uh, we're gonna have to see who the marginality of this duo was. But they also remind me of the face version of Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. Well, that was my, um, the, what I wrote on my notes, that they were the face version, like the good girl versions of Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Because breaking them up was seriously a huge mistake on NXT part. Now, here we are, um, months later, breaking another tag team up that should be a tag team. But it just feels, it's starting to feel so repetitive. Um, it also started making me feel uncomfortable between them. Like, why do you guys care so much? Um, probably because Rhea Ripley felt uncomfortable being there. Maybe Ash, who Ash um, is translated to almost a superhero. Apparently... Shit wasn't available. Oh no, no shit. It's an acronym for superhero in training. Goldust told me so a few years back. A few years back. Ten years ago. Maybe 15. When? 20? Jeez, how old are we now? Somebody tell me when, what year exactly was that Hurricane Helms Rosie partnership and Goldust calling him the superhero in training. That was... Man, was that an Attitude Era or was that at post-Attitude Era, pre-Ruthless Aggression Era? So, you know, Nikki Ash is just telling her how she felt. Rhea Ripley's like, oh, come here, I want to give you a hug and give you kisses on top of your head, on top of your hair and all this stuff. That felt really uncomfortable though, like, whoa. Meanwhile, I'm here I am thinking, like, she, you know either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain like what's going on man um alright go your own ways Rhea Ripley Nikki Ash and Rhea's just sitting there standing there while Nikki's just waving at the crowd and stuff and immediately I'm thinking oh come on Rhea do something come on Rhea do something smack her smack her kick her do something and I'm waiting for her to do it. She's doing, she's about to do it. She's about to do it. And then what happens? Nikki's the one that does it. Clocks Rhea in the head, in the face, knocks her out, knocks her down, and starts punching her. And there you have it. She became the villain. What a twist! Oh man, what a twist indeed. Um, no real rhyme or reason to that. Let's just, you know, break these two themes apart. It's done and over with. 
get it over with. They don't even mesh well together anyway. Um, Rhea Ripley's too good for that. Another segment, this time it's backstage, is the 24-7 hour of, yeah. The 24-7 title's still around, I guess. That's the thing, still. Um, Reggie's still employed, I guess there's that. Um, shout out to all the people that have been released for, you know, budget cuts. But Reggie, let's just keep Reggie around. Sure. Dana Brooke, who was the 24-7 champion. And Reggie are eating the Philly cheesesteaks. Reggie immediately gets these spidey senses. He's all like, alright, Brooke, let's get the hell out of here. Dana Brooke, I'm sorry. Dana, let's get the hell out of here. Um, it's not safe. We should we should all go. We should let's just walk around. My senses are tingling. Let's just walk around and Oh hey, there's a referee. Um the Alicia Fox lookalike referee. Ugh, okay. Um, let's go the other way. Oh, hey, there's a R-Truth dressed as a janitor trying to, you know, shenanigans the entire situation. So, you know, when um, R-Truth is around, you know it's going to be a completely different thing. Oh, uh, comedy skits. Which, apparently, I forgot what his name was, but he was inside the garbage. And as soon as he opens the garbage, they go at it. No. Dana Brooke and Reggie just start throwing their cheesesteaks at um, Truth, and it lands on Tamina, who, who was, I don't know where she came from, because she was just sitting over there in the corner, and she has um, mustard and mayo and sausage all over her face. Hey, well, let me, no, I shouldn't rephrase that. Leave it alone. Let it go. So, she like getting out, out there like look what you guys did and all this shit all this stuff so there goes Tamina getting mad and starts beating up the trash can and starts trying to go after our truth uh, Reggie and Dana Brooke leave nowhere to be seen yeah nice backstage segment there nobody did anything for that title um let's move on uh goes back to from commercial break, another segment. This time, Reggie is still walking around with Dana, trying to um, get away from people, and he runs into a brick wall named Almost. Um, that big, tall, seven foot three tall, four hundred pound guy that was hanging out with um, AJ Styles, who are now not together anymore. Oh yeah, they've been safe tag teams. Okay, so almost looks down at Reggie and he's like, "You walked into me, rawr!" You know, monster of the year um, of this year, I guess, because every other monster in WWE has been let go since then. Braun Strowman. So almost gets in Reggie's face, tries to fight him, tries to beat him down, tries to bully him. Dana Brooke is all like, "Stop it!" Trying to be a Karen about it, but to no avail. Uh, so, almost just leaves him alone. Gets out of there. Gets the heads over to the ring. He gets in the ring, and he's our his opponent's already there. So, um, an enhancement talent, or as us um, older folks like to call them, 
jobber. Um, but apparently he has a name. Yeah, found out earlier today. So his name is Nick Sander. He goes by Leo Sparrow, and he trained at the Creative Pro Wrestling in Long Island. He's very an independent. Um, worked wrestles in the independent scene. Yeah, not much I can say about him though. Um, very lanky, very Colin Delaney, very other little tiny guys um, trying to make it big in the big pond. Small fish, big pond type of thing. So already I'm like, this almost just gonna kill him, isn't he? He's gonna destroy him. He's just, why are we having this match? What happened to the days of big, um, almost big, medium-sized jobbers? What happened to Iron Mike Sharp? I think he passed away. The Brooklyn Brawler. Like, those type of people. Why couldn't they get that type of person to show up at almost Omas? Yeah, that's his name, Omas. So, Omas, just, you know, he's a monster. Like, we get the whole monster thing already by now. Um, Vince McMahon likes monsters, likes to build them up, face them, put them up against Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. This guy's basically going to face them, like at some point or another within the year. Within this year, he's going to be in the you know, heavyweight title picture, he's going to be a universal title picture, and he's going to go up against them. And then by next year, he's going to be released. That's the truth. Sorry, guy. But since we're here, in the early part of his uh, monster career, he decides to go after a jobber. Little, get, beat up the smaller guys before he gets to the big guys. Um, beat up the small uh, Tony Mario guys before you get to the Mike Tyson guys. Yeah, love that. Uh, Mike Tyson punch-out reference, didn't you? So, he lifts him up, um, throws him on the floor, throws him in the ring, throws him everywhere. And at this point, you just feel bad for the guy now. Ha! Stop! He's already dead! Yeah, exactly. Um, almost defeats him, uh, kills the jobber, sends him to probably the hospital or something. I don't know, I fast forward it, it's just like, whatever dude, we get it. Show goes to commercial break, comes back, guess what? We're gonna throw in another segment. Yes, it's an interview segment, because you haven't had enough of that the entire hour of the second hour. Yep, that's true. It's not even that, we're gonna go in this, we're gonna go into the hour three of... Monday Night Raw of the three-hour show. And it's going to be Edge and his wife, Beth Phoenix. Or it's going to be Edge. Let's do one better. It's going to be Edge interviewing his wife, Beth Phoenix. Yeah, that's the best idea you've ever had. And not only that, let's throw in a wrench. Let's throw in The Miz walking out with his wife, um, Maurice. And that'll teach them, both of them. Yeah, because no interview is complete without somebody interfering in it, right? So basically, if you forgot or you don't know anything about Beth, 
there's the clip to remind you of who she is. The Glamazon, Beth Phoenix. Um, Ed shows a clip of everything Beth Phoenix has done, minus Santino, or Santina Marilla, but Santino, minus Santino, who's just nowhere to be found in that clip at all. I didn't see him. I didn't see the comedy stuff. All you did see was all the accomplishments Beth has done, her joining the Royal Rumble, her taking out the great Kali with a kiss, and her winning all of her championship belts, her coming back into the Women's Royal Rumble a few years back. I think it was last year, maybe a year ago. Um, and her just getting, you know, drawing people out. That That's really... I love that. They also didn't show Beth Phoenix already in on NXT, you know, being a color commentator and, you know, being there for like at least a year and calling the matches. No, they didn't show that. Let's just show like she yeah, she's been away um for years this entire time. Like no, she was just on NXT like a few weeks back and then she leaves and we all saw she got released, but no, she's really coming back here to be with her husband. So, uh, who's watching the kids? Just asking. So, Ms. and Marie's come out, um, interrupt the party. And, of course, Ms. can't go on, go a day without mentioning his highlights, all that stuff. So, he did a package of his own for his wife. And let's roll them freaking package of Marie from 10 years ago. All the stuff she's ever done. All the championships she's ever won. The Diva Search. Um, Miz flirting with her. All that stuff. He's basically talking too much again. There's just no point in doing this when he just talks and talks and talks and you hear the same thing over and over again every week from him. I'm the best. I'm awesome. Me and my wife are the hit couple <clears throat> we do everything together. You and your wife suck. Yeah, you guys shouldn't do this. Blah, blah, And, and it all ends when Marie decides to leave the back, leaving Miz to talk by himself. Um, Beth Phoenix got to her. It's like, why are you acting a little shy? Like, you were all just talk, talk, talk. And then, like, you were ready to show up and, like, do some slaps against my husband. And then... Like, I come along, and now suddenly you're this shy little girl that's only going to, like, say anything. Like, just tell the truth. You're scared of us. Scared of me. So, that probably got into Maurice's head, and Maurice just went to the back, and leaving Miz by himself, and Miz is all like, whoa, where'd you go? What's going on? So, that segment ends, finally. And, give it up for hour number two with no wrestling. Just some entertainment. Hour number three starts the action with Austin Theory versus AJ Styles. I love Austin Theory. I hated him on NXT. They dumped down his heel persona so much when he was in the way with um, Johnny Gargano. But now it just feels like, oh, he's now he's egotistical. Now he's a freaking awesome ass heel where he just grabs after his match, after he beats up his opponent. He grabs his phone and takes a selfie with them. It's very unique. I haven't seen that in a while. In a while, I haven't seen that at all in uh, in any of these other matches, in any of these wrestling. So 
AJ Styles vs. Austin Theory. Um, can we get an actual match between these two instead of uh, interference? Because it would have been, it would have gone to so much. Um, both are great wrestlers. AJ Styles, of course, can make anybody into a freaking machine. Anything he does will always be a plus. Um, even for someone like Grayson Waller, who he's feuding with on NXT. Um, again, AJ wins via DQ. Grayson Waller interferes, jumps AJ, and the Austin Theory is just standing there like, what the heck, dude, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm Austin Theory. Let me take a selfie, okay? But it's not with him, it's with AJ Styles. He wants to take a selfie with the fallen AJ Styles and say, like, yeah, I did that. And I'll take the credit for it, though. But I guess Grayson Waller is all like, what just happened? Got a little bit confused, looks over at Austin Theory walking away and stuff, which AJ Styles gets back up, counters everything, and Waller throws at him. Um, Styles working Mondays and Tuesdays. I love it. Can't wait for to watch Tuesday. Um, haven't seen it, but I'll definitely watch it. Just for that alone. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. We'll see. Maybe I'll just keep it on my DVR for another week. Uh, we just don't know anymore these days. Show comes back from commercial break. Um, next match is the main event. But before that, uh, big time Beck, the man back, Becky Lynch, comes out, grabs the mic, announces that Liv Morgan versus Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop, um, they're going to have a chance to fight tonight. Winner gets a shot at her Raw Women's title championship at the Royal Rumble. So I'm already thinking, like, ooh, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, let's go. Yes. Cool. Uh, probably Bianca's going to win and get that shot against Becky finally. You know, Liv Morgan already had it. Dewdrop is. Why am I calling her Dewdrop? Seriously? Okay. Her name is really Piper Nevin. She went by Piper um, in the UK scene. Then she got um, sent over to NXT UK and she went by Piper Nevin. So all this stuff about Dewdrop, really, does it really need to happen? Does she really need to be called Dewdrop? Because I hate that name. I really do. Um, so Lynn Morgan versus Bianca Belair versus Piper Nevin. They, all three of them come out. Love the back and forth from Liv and Bianca. They have a good chemistry going. Um, In-ring chemistry. They bounce off each other. Both want a shot at the Becky again. Um, Piper Nevin doing the same high-risk move that she always does. Um, big splash on both of them. Um, she's a powerhouse. Freaking awesome powerhouse. If you don't know who Piper Nevin is, look her up. Um, you can look up her matches on YouTube, Peacock, uh, NXT UK, Evolve. She's even Evolve. IWL or ICW. One of those. It's on Peacock. You can probably, like, it's there. 
you can probably watch it on YouTube more mostly. Um, seeing Bianca Belair bench press uh, Piper Nevin, and I'm just like, wow, this girl is freaking strong. Um, she gets in the rings of Saturn. Liv Morgan puts her in the rings of Saturn. And I love how we're mentioning old wrestlers with the rings of Saturn by Perry Saturn. Uh, the 3D, which is now the 1D by uh, the Dudley Boys. The Usos are now doing it. But the rings of Saturn, uh, Liv Morgan does it so well. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Bianca Belair gets out of it. Um, Dewdrop. Dewdrop. Piper Nevin covers Liv after a powerbomb. But Bianca stops the count, hitting a 450 splash from the top rope. Very exec very executed. It was amazing. It was awesome. Definitely watch this match. It was worth it. Um Becky interferes. Throws Bianca to the commentator's table. Uh Piper decides, hey, let me go take Liv to the corner and hits a bonsai drop. And I'm like, geez, just name off all the old wrestlers. Yokozuna's bonsai drop, but it was it was done in a mediocre way, I guess. It wasn't done right. Um, Piper covers. One, two, three. I was not expecting to drop Piper Nevin, Viper, to win this match at all. Like, this was not in my Royal Rumble um, bingo uh, card at all. I was just waiting for either Bianca or Liv Morgan to get up in there. But Piper Nevin wins it, and she pulls off the victory, and she goes to the Royal Rumble. Which immediately reminds me of the meme from way back, um, possibly five years ago. Right before she did, Piper Nevin did uh, uh, May Young Classics. And it was... Um, Piper Nevin as Viper tweeting on our way to steal your girl it was her and her tag team partner who was a male at the time and they were walking out in ICW and you know there's a picture of her just walking out and saying on our way to steal your girl and both obviously both are gay uh, both uh, members of the LGBTQ plus Alphabet Mafia, which I love how they're calling that, the Alphabet Mafia. But both of them coming out to that, and then uh, some asshole on Twitter uh, responding to her. It's like, are you planning on eating her? And this is the part where it goes viral with Viper at the time. Uh, responding back, retweeting, and saying, it's like, better than you can, mate. Uh, peace emoji, tongue emoji, yeah. Oh, man, that was, I saw that at the time, and it was awesome. It was awesome then, it was awesome. It's still awesome now. And every time something happens where she gets move up in the world, I retweet that. Um... I put that picture up um, when she went to the Mae Young Classics. 
um, on our way to steal your girl, and I'm just like on her way to the Mae Young Classics, on her way to NXT UK, on her way to steal your spotlight, on her way to uh, steal Evil Marie's spotlight. And now I get to do it again, and it's like on her way to steal the Royal Rumble to win the championship belt. I know, maybe you know, you can only dream. But we all know who's going to win that, right, Beck? So after the match, Becky tries to shake uh, Piper and Evan's hand, but slaps her instead, slaps her in the face. I go, whoa, how the audacity, how dare you? She takes, tries to take her off her feet, but Piper's all like, nah. <laughs> Kicks her out of the ring and everything. Piper's standing there. We just got a turn, a double, not even a double turn. It's, we just got a face turn from Piper Nevin. Um, hopefully she goes back to Piper Nevin soon. If not, do drop. I guess that'll be the whole thing for that one. And that was the end of Monday Night Raw. Good show, good episode. I gave it a three out of five. Um, I won't be watching a lot like I used to or after today, but, you know, I'll give it a fast forward here or there um pretty solid well no not really solid show the matches were good uh didn't complain much except for one match the tag team the six man tag team the segments in the second hour were eh didn't really need it didn't wasn't really warranted at all so yeah three out of five what'd you guys think alright that's it for me tonight um let me know what you guys think of it. Get on the All Things Wrestling uh, Facebook group. We're there. Lots of in, lots of stuff to comment on. Lots of news. Oh, lots of news coming up. Um, definitely let me know if you want to sh- participate in the podcast. Call in or send me a voice message. Send me a message. Um, Give us some details. Tell us what you think. And that's it for tonight. Until next time. What a twist!